All right, what if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that is exactly what you're going to get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Summer is upon us, and whatever you have going on, a vacation, a staycation, a summer wedding, well, Macy's has you covered. If you need summer dresses, matching sets, volume sleeve tops, wedges, straw-crafted bags, I mean, really, they have what you need head to toe. I'm talking Levi's, Dolce Vita, Lacoste, and more. So shop summer must-haves at Macy's. Go to Macy's.com slash style. Again, that's Macy's.com slash style. Something I for sure love having in my home is super clean countertops. And I love when it smells good too. So you can bring the vacation vibes to your home with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy with a refreshing scent that'll transform your space into a tropical island retreat and give you a powerful clean. No plane ticket required. Unleash your self-expression with the enchanting coconut fragrance of Clorox Sentiva. You can get yours at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, well, just go to tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Okay, happy Tuesday, everybody. It is Q&A day, but uh, we're doing something different. I have a listener Britley on the phone. And if you listen to last Thursday's episode, I do an email shout out at the end of every episode. And her email was my shout out. And it was her asking if she could ask me some questions. <laughs> kind of like shooting your shot, Britley. If, if y'all listen to the Robin Roberts episode, or if you've ever heard me and Chase talk about just sending that email, going for it. Well, that's what Britley did. And I read it and I thought, okay, well, why don't you come on and host the Q&A uh, episode and you ask me the questions you want to ask me right here. You have the whole show. So I am Amy, the host, in case you're new to this, but I'm throwing it over to listener Britley and she's going to handle today's Q&A. Hi. First and foremost, thank you so much for this opportunity, Amy. I think this is so fun. And just like you said with Robin Roberts, I think, you know, we have all these great ideas that come and go, but I can't believe that I actually put this one into action. And I'm sitting here talking with you today because I'm a huge fan of yours. So I'm super excited about this episode. Awesome. Well, I'm happy to have you. So yeah, do your thing. Whatever questions you got, I'm ready. Okay, cool. Well, I thought, you know, given the climate of everything that's kind of going on in the world today, we would start with some positivity. Um, America's facing a lot of hurt and adversity. So 
I want to hear four things that you are grateful for right now. Okay, yeah. This is definitely something I normally do to guests that are coming (laughs) on, but I also share them from time to time. And I think that, I guess, given the current climate right now, the first thing I'll be thankful for is the conversations that are happening right now, because Mm -hmm. I hate the way that we had to get here, but it definitely feels different right now. And that change is on its way to happening. And you know, I adopted two kids from Haiti and I just want to protect them, but I know that I also have to equip them. And so that means, you know, facing the fact that they will not have the same privileges as me, even though I'm their mom, I'm white and I will never understand what it's like for others or what my kids may have to face in the future. So yeah, right now my heart is heavy and conversations are hard, but they are real and they're happening in my house right now. And I hope in a lot of houses right now, because that's where the change really starts in our hearts and in our homes. So the first thing I'm thankful for are the conversations that are happening. Uh, Second thing I'm thankful for is it's got to be daily harvest. I don't know if you've heard of them and this is not an ad. I got got by Instagram ads where I saw people posting about it, but then I started getting Instagram ads, I think, or something. And yeah, I buy all of their food with my own money. But I got to say, it's it's so good. Like the smoothies and the harvest bowls, they have come in clutch for me lately. And I guess I'm probably pretty pumped about them right now because I just ate this delicious, nutritious meal that took me mm, like, mm, yeah, four minutes to cook. <laughs> so I Do they think- come pre-packaged already or like ready to go? Yeah. And you, you just throw order- them in? you get a box once a week and you pick what you want in there and then you get it and it's you stick it in the freezer and you just heat it up on the stovetop or in the microwave whenever you're ready and convenient yeah convenient (laughs) quality ingredients that I think otherwise I would just either spend more at the grocery store on or spend time like chopping everything up right Uh, so definitely thankful for that because I've only learned about them or been ordering from them the last three weeks. So it's still new to me, but I think I'm finally to a place where I'm like, okay, yeah. Um, and you know what you like. I know what that. I like. I'm into <laughs> yes. this. I can be thankful for it. Third thing would be I'm thankful for friends. I mean, obviously we haven't been able to see our friends a lot lately, but I guess back to the first thing I was thankful for, which is conversations. I'm thankful for friends that you can have meaningful conversations with and not just about the current issues that are going on right now, but about personal highs and lows that I think should be celebrated with your friends or it's stuff that you need to mourn with your friends on. I'm just thankful. There's just been some stuff going on and I'm thankful for the people that I know I can call on and there's no judgment and it's just special. And then fourth thing would be my husband for many reasons, but right now the latte that he made me (laughs) this morning (laughs) with this espresso machine that we got last year, but we hadn't really been using it that much because it seemed really complicated, but he figured it out. So I'm thankful that, you know, he went to YouTube and tried to learn how to use it. And he's in so much trouble. You're like, yeah, I know you know how to work this now every morning. Thank you very much. Well, I do (laughs) limit my coffee just because I don't try to have it all of the time because when I have too much, I don't feel my best. But Mm -hmm. I have been having it about once a week ever since he figured it out. And it's sort of like our little treat time where he makes me a latte and then we sit and have it and talk and he's drinking his espresso, even the call, even though he calls it espresso and it's annoying <laughs> because I say espresso. You look different. past that to uh, spend yeah. some time together. <laughs> exactly. So those are the four things okay. I'm thankful for. Well, thank you. I love that. I love conversation. That was such a 
it's such a cool way to look at it because you always talk about getting really micro with the things you're grateful for. And I think, you know, it's so easy to say family and friends and shelter, but what about good, just good conversation with our kids and the ability to communicate with one another? I mean, seems silly, right? But so awesome. So thank you for sharing that. That was awesome. Okay, I do have a quote today. I know you like to start out your Tuesday Q&As with that. So I was looking everywhere for a quote this week, trying to find the perfect one. And then this quote found me, of course. I was just like scrolling on Instagram and I came across it and I loved it. So it's by Zig Ziglar. Ziglar? I think I'm saying that right. But I thought it was really appropriate for this. It says, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And I know that's really short, but we kind of touched on it earlier, just how cool this opportunity is, something silly that crossed my mind, and I'm a huge fan and acted on it, and now I'm here right now with you. So just a little reminder to everyone listening that it doesn't hurt to just take your shot and give it a try. So that's what my little quote was, but I guess we'll just dive into the questions now. So the topics I have are probably not new, because you do talk for a living, so There's not a lot of topics that you haven't covered, but maybe today I'm hoping we can shed some new light on the subjects for your listeners, me included, because I think these questions really make you who you are, which is who we all love and adore. So with that, question one, I would love to know exactly how you took the plunge into the public speaking and radio world, especially from going from, I think you were selling granite before. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people get stuck at that bridge between maybe like security and passion. So they're in a job that is familiar and stable all the while. Maybe their hearts are pulling them in a different direction. So tell me how you decided to cross that bridge and trust yourself into taking that leap. Well, my bio on Twitter for a long time was say hi to people because it could change your life. And that's what happened to me by saying hi to Bobby about a year after meeting him, maybe longer, uh, was when I had the opportunity to become his co-host. And I really wasn't sure if I should leave my secure sales job for such unknown territory. But my mom told me that if there was ever a time for me to do something like go be on a radio show and try to figure out if it's something that I wanted to do, then that was the time for me to do it. And You know, I think she said that because I was in my early 20s and the risk was low and I totally agreed. So I did it. I quit my sales job. I joined the show. And at the time, the show was in one market. And in my mind, that was the potential. That's Mm -hmm. what it would always be. And we would always live in Austin and keep doing our show. And I didn't know that Bobby had bigger dreams that he was chasing. So I think my mom had good advice And it was perfect for me at 24 years old. But I think even if I was 44 years old, she still would have told me to go for it, to try something new, because it was more than just assessing the risk, I think. It was about doing something that I was a little scared of, like scared of putting myself out there every morning and and failing. And she's really the one that pushed me and gave me the confidence that I needed to do it. What she also showed me too was, like no matter the risk, it's better to see what happens than to know that you never tried and have that regret. And so she's the one that nudged me. So when it comes to taking that plunge to public (laughs) speaking and sharing my life and being on the radio without any aspirations to do so before meeting Bobby or having any training or education in it, I don't 
think I would have been able to do it without my mom's encouragement. So for anybody else looking for that, and I, I know at 24, it's different. And I, and I did have a supportive family. So I know everybody's story is different. If there's a way you can figure out to dip your toe into where you want to go, just so that you know you gave it a try and not look back 20 years and have regret. Or if you're looking back now and there's still a shot for you to go do it, maybe you try now. Nobody says Mm -hmm. you can't try again, even if you missed your first opportunity, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's whatever gives you energy, you know? So if you find something that's giving you energy, but you're you know, focused on what you're currently doing, maybe tap into that. And then like you said, it's never too late to reach out. I was going to ask you what advice you'd give your younger self, but I feel like kind of covered that. So maybe I'll get a little specific and maybe even a little selfish and ask a relationship question. I'm currently living with my boyfriend and we've had the talk about marriage and are planning for it, but I am in my 20s. I'm going to be 24 next week. And it's so important for me to only be married once in my lifetime. And I really value, obviously, the principle of marriage. So what's one relational tip you would give to maybe your younger listeners or listeners in general? Believe in yourself and your wants and desires and goals and surround yourself with others that believe in you, whether it's friends or your boyfriend slash future husband, and really know what what you want. And that's going to evolve as you evolve as a person, but don't conform to like what others say Mm -hmm. your life should be like. I feel like I did that way too much in my younger years. And my husband would agree too. a lot of what we did early in our marriage and ways we tried to mimic our relationship was what we thought was right and what we thought others would want from us. And this is how we're supposed to be because this is how we grew up. And I know that's very vague because I'm not going to go way into detail, but because for everybody, it's going to be different. But have those tough conversations with your boyfriend or whoever you're starting this relationship with and know that as a couple, you're going to evolve and there's going to be challenges. So communication is key, Mm -hmm. but you're always going to have to do what feels right in your heart and do the work to mold that, not mold to what you think others want from you or your relationships. Depending on how you grew up, that image may be very different and who you enter a relationship with for the rest of your life, then y'all are joined in that together. And when you're joining two separate things, depending on how y'all grew up, like my husband and I, our families, we grew up very, very similar. So expectations were very, very similar. And I think we would get so stuck in that and how we were going to parent and things we were going to believe and stuff we were going to do. And it was always like, oh, well, this is what our parents would want from us. But we were becoming our own people and we're starting a life together. So you have to be open to discovering that yourself and follow what you what you want to believe in together. That's, that sounds faith-based, which, which it could be if you want to take it that way. But really your core values, what you believe, how you want your relationship to be. Or you could come from opposite ends. Like my husband and I grew up, I say we grew up the same, but that was on my mother's end. Now his parents are still married. Mine were divorced. He has ideals. Like his family had dinner together every single night. Mom, His mom cooked dinner. His dad got home. They sat around the table like, very, very traditional. Well, my dad left when I was nine and then my mom had to get a job and she worked a ton and we got drive through or I didn't even see her at dinner or we tried to hang out when we could, but 
we didn't have dinner around the table every night as a family. By the time I was in ninth grade, my sister was in college and just, it was very, me and my mom just trying to do our thing. So sometimes we were joining up like, okay, well, what, how do we want our kids to be? Again, that's a very small example, but mealtimes are important to my husband and I didn't have them, but we work together and communicate to know that like, hey, yeah, if you want that, we're going to make that happen every once in a while. And to be honest, when we do do it, that's when we have the best conversations with our kids. And that is when we really bond around the table as a family. So I do find them important. Do I think that I need to be at home cooking dinner every night and we need to do it at the same time every night? No. Did my husband think that's how his life would be? Yes. Have we had to communicate about it and then mold the way we want our family to be, which looks a little different than the what his ideal was? Yes. So right. it seems like a, it is a very little example, and I get that. But that's what I mean by taking whatever thoughts you had about what you think your relationship is supposed to look like and then do what you want to do. Right. And just like you said, being true to you, because you could come from, like you said, similar or very, very different backgrounds. But at the end of the day, your morals and, you know, what's true to you will always align as long as you stay in tune with it, I think, and you're honest about it. I think that's a great example, just as simple as eating dinner, because the same. I came from a family where we sat down and ate and he didn't. And so I know for my family, I want that. Now, will I have to compromise? And bend and be flexible? Absolutely. But is that something that's kind of staple to my future ideal, if you will, like your husband, you know, he has to work to make that happen too. So I think that's awesome. That well, makes and I'll just be sense. honest, there's gonna be way bigger issues than whether or not you're eating <laughs> on the eating. table, <laughs> just to keep I don't it know, real. Food is pretty serious in right. this household. No, just kidding. I just think that it's a good example of what communication looks like. And then forming that mold of what y'all want, not what you think others want from you. No, I think that's perfect. All right, I want to tell you about something really awesome that Macy's is doing. It is currently Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. For the entire month of May, you can join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or simply round up and store to APIA scholars. Now, APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. And Macy's has made it super easy. You can just round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA Scholars, which is an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Again, that's Macy's.com. You're going to be doing some shopping anyway. Why not round up and give back? That's Macy's.com or in-store. All right, so I've been saving on shopping this year by only buying new clothes when I've sold some clothes that I no longer wear. And what this has done is it's forced me to be super wise when I'm adding clothes back into my closet. I want to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and that's where Quince comes into play. You can go see for yourself all the awesome stuff they have, especially for summer right now, like European linen dresses and blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, 14-karat gold jewelry, so much more. And if you're like me, you're like, hmm, This just seems too good to be true. 
well, what Quince does is they partner directly with top factories and they cut out the cost of the middleman and they pass the savings on to us. So we are getting things for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. For example, I'm literally looking on their website right now at this open knit cover-up maxi dress that'll be great for the summer, 100% organic cotton, and it's $49.90. It could retail for $148, so that's 66% savings. And with warm weather here, you need to check out Quince. All you got to do is go to quince.com slash Amy for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Amy. You're going to get free shipping. Again, 365-day returns. That's quince.com slash Amy. I don't want to waste my time taking vitamins that aren't really going to do much for me. Like, I want research. I want to know, like, hey, this is actually doing something for my body. And Ritual knows this. That's why they conducted the research. They've done clinical trials on their Essential for Women 18-plus multivitamin. The results? Well, it increased vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. And as a woman, I want healthy vitamin D levels and omega-3 levels. And all I got to do is take my Ritual Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin every morning. I take them on an empty stomach, but sometimes if I forget, I may take them in the afternoon. It's really up to you when you want to take them. There's nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules. And what the delay release capsules does for us is it optimizes our body's absorption of these nutrients. It's gentle on the empty stomach. Like I said, I can take it first thing in the morning and I'm totally fine. And with a minty essence in every bottle, it actually makes taking your vitamins enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual is essential for women. 18 plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash four things. Start ritual or add essential for women. 18 plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash four things for 25% off. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about the incredible work being done by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and ask you today to join me in becoming a partner in hope. When you make a donation to St. Jude, you're helping an organization that has helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And I can tell you from personal experience, that number and the hope that it brings is invaluable. What they are doing at St. Jude is making a huge difference. It is full of joy there, which a lot of families need at that time. They don't need to be worrying about travel, lodging, food. Everything is paid for at St. Jude so that families can focus on their child that has cancer. Your support means families never receive a bill from St. Jude. It's only $19 a month. And when you sign up, you'll get the new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. Join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. Okay, next, I do want to ask you about adoption. I know that I personally have a deep hole in my heart anytime the subject comes up. You know, whether it's in church or a movie, I'm just so altered emotionally by the response of adoption. It kind of has always been something that has resonated with me and I've always thought about. So I know that you struggled with infertility, and I'm sure that that was a huge factor in leading your heart towards adoption. But when did you decide it was the right time? I really feel like I knew early on it was really getting my husband to sign on (laughs) to the whole thing. Right. And not that he wasn't for adoption by any means, but, you know, he thought that that could be great for us. But he wanted biological kids first. 
And so I think for me, it was after tons of failed pregnancy tests and visiting fertility doctors and then knowing the money that we would have to pour into possibly getting pregnant. And that's just possibly. It wasn't even a guarantee. I just knew in my heart that the money that we would spend on that should go towards a sure thing. And to me, the sure thing was giving a home to kids that were already born. And I say that with zero judgment towards anyone that spends their money on getting pregnant. I know plenty of people that do, and it works out beautifully, and it's amazing, and I'm so thankful for science and doctors that make that possible. But I just knew that it wasn't the route for me. So again, back to the second question that you had, it wasn't our ideal mold, ideal mold. Like we didn't think that's what our family would look like. Like Mm -hmm. we thought when we got married, we'd have no trouble getting pregnant and we were going to have kids biologically. And this was what was expected. And that's how life works. And that's how it is. Well, that wasn't happening for us. So then that's when that other part of advice I was talking about where communication comes in, like things are going to be different for you than they are for other people. So you have to communicate. How do we want to handle this? And I remember the day I went to him and said, we were living in Southern Pines, North Carolina. And I knew we had a little sunroom in our house and I sat him down and I said, I know that adoption is for us. It took him a little bit to get there. And I've said this a million times, but it was after he read a book called Adopted for Life that he he really started to shift. And I, I'm pretty sure it was like after chapter one that yeah. he it his something switched and he was like, I'm in. Whatever we need right. to do, let's adopt without even knowing if we'll ever have biological children. Uh, let's right. do this. And huge. so that's yeah. when we started to pursue that and knew that that was our new journey. And, you know, I think... For me, you know, we prayed for so long to get pregnant and it was one of those unanswered prayer situations where I look at Stevenson and Stashir in our house right now and the journey that we've been on and how I was able to go to Africa and do some work there, which made me want to go to Haiti and do some work there. And my husband traveled the world because he was in the military and just we started to just open our hearts and see that there's different needs. And where were we going to fill that void? Where were we going to be parents to somebody? And we started off domestically, but that wasn't working out. And then we ended up going to Haiti and that worked out. But it was, we, we got, if I think of the failed pregnancy tests and how our domestic adoption just was not working out. And I think of all the prayers I had that I wanted those things to work all of them. And when they wouldn't, I would get so frustrated. But then when you get to the other side, you're like, oh, okay, God, I get it. <laughs> like, right. you the had something, kind of aligned. yeah, you had something else in store. So another thing too, is just whatever you believe in, you have to be patient because the right thing will work out for you right. in the end. It just may not be what you wanted at the exact time might be the exact opposite of what you thought was going to happen at right. a totally different time, but be super amazing. Right. And I guess this is kind of a follow-up question to this question. I hope that's okay. But for people that maybe are, you know, on the fence about whether that's something they can emotionally commit to, did you feel like the process of international adopting kind of reassured you and helped you along the way, or mm. it kind of emphasized that? Uh. If I, think, if, if, if I understand your question correctly, I think actually the process had me question multiple times, is this what we're supposed to be doing? Because it was so hard. Oh, okay. And really? there was so many hurdles 
and times that I wanted to quit uh, and times that I was sitting on the floor at my house, well, two different houses because we moved in the process, but there was so many, so much paperwork and so many ridiculous things that all make sense, yes, but just a little archaic in the way that even in the United States, of course in Haiti, but in the United States that we went about stuff that just seemed to make the process so much longer than it needed to be. Right. Because it took us, you know, about five years from when we decided we wanted to adopt to actually bringing kids home. And I remember our dining room being a nice size, no, I mean, normal size dining room, but imagine I want you to picture paper covering your entire dining room table all the way down to the floor, papers everywhere, trying to organize them. And I just remember one night looking at them and I just wanted to go and just mess them all up and be like, forget this. Uh, <laughs> never mind. Never yeah. mind. But imagine. Or while I was sitting there organizing them because maybe my dog would mess them up and then I would get frustrated uh, right. and I would be crying putting them back together was that this is this is going to be worth it. And oh my gosh, if this is what they do to weed out the people that are not serious, well, I am going to show you that I am serious and my husband right. is serious and we're going to do this. So, so what was testing or I guess should have been a test really, you know, kind of like you said, it weeds out who is capable of doing that and, and, and has the determination to go through with it. So well, that did answer my question. That I was, don't, I don't want to come off as like I'm the super determined, like special person because I went through it. There's right. so many people that do that every single day and do it. And if you were, if you did give up or you were weeded out, it doesn't make you any less of a person. Like it's, it's hard, hard. and it just means that that wasn't the right thing for you. There's something right. else for you that is going to work out. And I don't think that we're better because we, we were able to handle all of the hurdles, <laughs> but I just wanted to make sure I clarify that, that I'm not, that we're not like better than anybody right. else because we, we were no, able to it. accomplish every task that was thrown yeah. our way because it definitely was just not easy. But I'm super thankful that, you know, we got through it and all yes. the people that supported us along the way for sure. Yeah, support is huge and it definitely paid off because your kids are adorable. I love when they show up on your Instagram, I like stop everything and turn it up so I can hear Stevenson's little voice. I'm sure you get that a lot, but it's my favorite thing. Okay. First question. I think I speak on all of your listeners right now. Um, I think we love you so much and have so much respect for you as a person because you are so transparent and authentic both on the podcast and on the Bobby Bones show. But how did your mentality kind of evolve from the start of your career to decipher what's private versus what everyone in the world could potentially know? Like, how do you keep your personal life sacred when the public is kind of demanding to know everything about you? I feel like I was really, really open right out of the gate, probably too open, (laughs) not asking certain people in my life what was okay to share and then what was not okay to share. I just shared so many stories in the early years because I didn't realize the damage that could be done. I shared stuff that I would never share today for the sake of the people that were also involved. And while I didn't say their names necessarily, and I was a part of the story too, so really I have every right to share some things, I still have a few stories that I put out there that I wish I could have, would have either communicated with the other parties beforehand or just decided not to say them at all out of respect. So yeah, out of respect for people, I now try to make sure that they know if I'm telling a story that involves them. And I'm married to someone that is 
extremely private. And mm-hmm. in the early years of our marriage, this definitely caused a lot of issues. I mean, the early years of the show got a little rough. I mean, there was definitely times where I thought, okay, I should just quit. This is too much. It's too stressful. Obviously, I'm glad I did never follow through with quitting. Although I did yeah. walk out on the show live on the air once, maybe twice. I'm not sure. <laughs> really? You we said were, something and you're like, wait, I don't know. I mean, well, there was just stuff that was just oh. like came up on the show that we were talking about that I just was not comfortable with. And it made me right. so upset. And I couldn't believe that Bobby and Lunchbox were talking about it and that right. they were going to do that to me. And everybody's listening. And I was so furious that, yeah, I don't remember if the other one was live on the air, but I did walk out of the studio. But for sure, one time live on the air, like I left and I was like, I, I'm done. And I went to the bathroom and I was crying. And then there was another time that I was quitting the show because my husband was in the Air Force and we were having to move. And something was going on that was crazy. But anyway, I was going to leave. And Bobby was searching for a replacement for me. And I just remember yelling, I don't know who's taking over my job, but whoever they are, I hope they are prepared, like freaking prepared. So if you ever, like every once in a while, they'll bring that back up, but we don't really reference where it is or why. But if you ever hear Lunchbox or Bobby randomly say like freaking prepared or (laughs) that's what that means. That's what that's from. That's is so from funny. my little outburst because oh, no. it got well, it got hard sometimes putting all I that bet. out there and then having even the backlash from listeners or people right. that disagree with you and they're rude about it. I don't mind people disagreeing with me. I don't think that I'm for everybody. In fact, I was even talking about that about about this podcast that I went and read the negative one star reviews. I had never done that before, but I did it like last week and. It was hard to take in, but I have thick enough skin now to where right. I can, can I can take it constructively. But it still blows my mind sometimes how people have to go out of their way to be really rude about it. And go about it. For right. me, if it's something you want to share with someone that you think they can approve upon to make their content better, which is how I received some of it. So thank you. And I'll work on it. But then there's also just the rude comments to be rude and they're unnecessary. They don't do anything. They don't add any value, value right. to anything. There's nothing I can take away from it other than just feeling like crap. So I don't know. For me, if I don't like something, I just don't listen to it and I don't talk about it. Right. And I don't make a big deal about it. But yeah. I, I do appreciate all like the five-star reviews to the one-star reviews because, again, I can take from that. But if you're not going to be constructive with it, then my encouragement would be to just not say it. <laughs> Anything but, at all. Thumpers um, rule. Yeah. Uh, but back to sharing life and, you know, private versus not private. How do I decide all that? I do share most all of my life. You know, you know, my mom was battling cancer. I would talk to her before I would say things and make sure she was comfortable with whatever I was going to share or my dad's journey. You know, there's a lot of things that are going on though in my life that people will never know about. And that's to protect my husband, my kids, my family, my friends. But what I do choose to share, I do so with the hopes that someone will need to hear what I'm saying and Mm -hmm. they will not feel alone in whatever they're going through. Even if it's just one person, then I feel like my job is done. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, I think you do such a good 
job at that because as a listener who I listen to everything from the Bobby Bone Show to Outway, I listen to everything that you do. And it does. It feels like you're, I said it in my email, I think you were friends. Like, I feel like you're friend. I feel like you share with me the important stuff. And I'm always like, well, what's left, you know? And I'm sure there's a lot left. And I get it. It's just, it's probably been trial and error of what to share and about who and when is the appropriate time to share it. So I can only imagine that battle. And I think it's like everything else, right? Just trial and error and a learning experience, like how things work. So I think that's really cool. And I've never really thought, and I never even thought about it, how Maybe you are more careful about what you share, but maybe Bobby or Lunchbox doesn't think about, you know, what some of the things they say. So there's how many of y'all, six of you guys talking on the show. So you guys all have to be mindful of each other as well. I didn't think about that. But. Well, we have matured a lot. So this, <laughs> some way. of that stuff was from the early years. I haven't threatened yeah. to quit in, you know, at least 12 years. So, yeah. <laughs> I, but we've grown and matured and respect each other enough to not surprise each other with things or take low blows, uh, yeah. which we used to do. Cause honestly it was like, well, you know, <laughs> it's, it makes me. good radio. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. luckily we're, mm-hmm. we're a little more thoughtful now and yeah. can still have a good show without any of that stuff. So yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you so much again for having me on. This has been so fun. And I hope that I touched on some questions maybe some other listeners were interested in hearing about. But again, just questions that make you you. And anyone who listens probably has the same amount of respect for you that I do. So this truly is one of the coolest things I've been able to do. So just thank you for that. And reading our emails and giving back and giving space for us to talk to you. I think it's really cool. Britley, you did an amazing job. If I ever need a fill-in host, I will, (laughs) (laughs) I will keep you in mind. I don't know, maybe I could do this as a thing for a few other people if they wanted to email and had questions. It changes things up a little bit. Like I said, I was just on a walk when I even thought of this because I thought it'd be even cool to get a question answered. And then you know, I was thinking, well, <laughs> there's not just one. I have way too many. And of course, I have a million more, but I narrowed it down. But I've always thought about doing a podcast or things like that. So this has been really good practice. I've never done anything like this. So it excites me. It's fun. And if I could ever be of even a small amount of influence like you have, I think that would be so cool. Well, why don't you tell <laughs> people what your Instagram is? Because I'm sure there's yeah maybe somebody yeah. that I can't guarantee it for sure, but I mean, if I was listening, I'd be like, oh, I want to send Britley a message and tell her she did so oh, good. So oh what, my gosh, I would love Instagram? that. Yeah, it's just Britley Ann, B-R-I-T-L-E-Y-A-N-N. And I would love it. I'd love to communicate. I feel like all your listeners are all people that I would get along with. So I'd love to chat with anyone. I think that's awesome. Okay, so, so B-R-I-T-L-E-Y-A-N-N? Yes. Britley Ann. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you. You did oh, amazing. You. And I'm glad you you thought of this. It's been really fun. And thank you so much for having me on, Amy. You're awesome. Okay, well, no, you did great. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. You too. Okay, thank you, Brittley. Bye. Bye. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? 
With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. All right, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can really make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through things. Now, BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, well, just go to tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. 